Welcome to The Bridge, a podcast exploring how we get to the future we really want. My name is Jared Michaels. I am a Zen priest, a psychotherapist, and a longtime student of this bridge. I am thrilled to be here with my friend and colleague Chris Searles and our guests as we try to build this bridge together. Welcome to The Bridge. I'm Jared Michaels, and I'm so happy to introduce our esteemed guest, Professor Deborah Lawrence. Professor Lawrence, welcome. Dr. Deborah Lawrence is a professor of environmental sciences at the University of Virginia in Charlottesville. Her research focuses on the links between tropical deforestation and climate change, and understanding the impacts on our climate from forest conversion around the globe. She spent more than 25 years doing field-based research in Asia, Central America, and Africa. Professor Lawrence has earned numerous awards, including a Guggenheim Fellowship, a fellowship from the National Academy of Sciences, and a Fulbright Scholarship. She earned her undergrad at Harvard, her PhD at Duke, and was a postdoctoral fellow at Harvard. Dr. Lawrence, welcome to The Bridge. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited that you're here. I'm especially excited that we're going to try and take on this topic of defragmentation. We're going to try and explore three dimensions of your career so far. This breakthrough study that has meant so much to me from uh, 2014 on teleconnections, your experiences living with indigenous peoples and how that has affected your views on addressing the global environmental crisis today. And then we'll also finish by asking you to share some of your ideas about an optimal future So again, thank you so much for being here. Let's start with your 2014 study, Effects of Tropical Deforestation on Climate and Agriculture. And I would describe teleconnections as the, in in the simplest language, as the impacts that forests in the tropics have on atmospheric movement of moisture around the planet. But can you explain what tropical forest teleconnections are and how they affect the planet? And if possible, how they're different from other ecosystems teleconnections? I think, Chris, you had a a pretty good explanation. Um, The idea behind teleconnections is that the atmosphere is all connected. And if you think about it for a minute, of course it is. There it is. It bathes the entire planet. But how do you put a bump into the atmosphere in one place and feel it somewhere else? That's what tropical forests can do. The, The teleconnections are strongest when they're associated, when the atmosphere is associated with a lot of energy and a lot of moisture. So you can get that over the oceans. Think about the oceans, think about an El Nino. Some of your listeners might know about El Ninos. El Ninos hit the whole planet, right? But it starts in the Pacific Ocean. So similarly, if you have a vast area of forests, forests can move a lot of moisture through their leaves. And so tropical forests are different from other ecosystems because they're at the equator. The equator is where the sun's energy is greatest. So if you put all that energy into the planet right there at the equator, and it ends up coming out with moisture from forests, um, that just sets up a whole bunch of dynamics in the atmosphere that sort of come out of the tropics and then affect the pattern in the higher atmosphere so that it ultimately can have ripple effects 
across the planet. Uh, a great analogy for this is thinking about boiling water on the stove. If you have a small pot and it's just started to boil, you have a little bit of steam, you can see it rising, but it just goes away. That's maybe a, I don't know, a farm in the tropics. If you have a bigger pot of water and it's going at a raging boil, there's a lot of moisture getting into the atmosphere. It's shooting up to the ceiling in your kitchen. It flies out across the ceiling through the door and it, it triggers the smoke alarm. So you can, you know, that's like the kind of difference between certain ecosystems and tropical forest ecosystems. They simply create a lot of energy with moisture and that creates these connections in the atmosphere. When I read this study, I, I initially thought, okay, so if we put forests back, then we will restore balance of moisture circulation in the atmosphere. I'm not sure that's true. I'm also kind of curious now that it's been a few years since you published that study, what kind of takeaways you have resonating with you today? Well, I actually think um, partly because of my other work, my work actually studying forests as they grow back in the tropics, they grow back very fast. So within a decade or two decades, you can have like a really complete leaf cover. You don't have all the biomass, but with all that leaf area, with all those leaves, the closed canopy, you can put back quite a good bit of that physical energy function. So the, so I'm actually hopeful about defragmenting in terms of the energy and moisture characteristics of the forests in the tropics. I think if we put our minds to it, we could get that back. That physical connection to the atmosphere, I think we can get it back, which is hopeful. Yeah, that's super good news. But I wanted to get back to your other part of your question, which was what are the takeaways for me from that study? The first big takeaway is that tree cover stabilizes climate. And it's important not only where you are, it's great where you are, but it's also important for stabilizing climate far away. Um, so I would say as a people, we need to protect large, large patches of forest as much as possible. And if you're in a country that feels like, well, you know what, we need to, we need more agriculture, we need to feed our people, or we need to produce goods that are ready for market to advance our economies, then be thoughtful. There are certain configurations of deforestation that are less damaging than others, depending on the prevailing winds, depending on if, whether there's a big patch of forest nearby, depending on whether the ocean is nearby. Like there's a lot of things, there's things you can do to make it not so bad. So keep the forest and be thoughtful if you have to take the forest down. Well, let me ask one more. We probably should have defined teleconnections at the beginning, that the tele means remote connections. And so tropical forests, remote connections to other ecosystems through the atmosphere. Can you give sort of a summary about the significance of that relative to the rest of the living systems on the planet? It is true that they are the most potent forests on the planet because they're at the tropics because they have all that incoming radiation, all that incoming energy and heat. And because they have, because of that, there is a moisture supply for them to work with. So they are like a giant moisture pump, you know, putting energy and moisture into the atmosphere. And they simply, you know, you, you only get that where the sun shines the brightest and the longest. If some weird thing were to happen where 
with climate change, we got a, a belt of clouds around the equator. This would no longer be true. We'd be looking to Virginia and Florida and Maryland and Georgia to be producing all the energy and the moisture for the planet. But you'd have to get the clouds there to keep the sun from shining in the tropics. So, um, and, and the boreal, you might think, oh, the boreal forest has like sunlight for, I don't know, 24 hours a day in the, in the summer. So couldn't the boreal forest be a giant engine? No, it's like when you spread out that, that incoming sunlight across you know, the angle's wrong. You spread it out over a much larger area. Um, it's simply not giving the same kind of input on a per square meter basis. So no, <laughs> I think the tropics are special. The one thing I was thinking of was like, well, maybe if you had a wetland, a giant wetland in the tropics with really constant moisture, perhaps you could generate as much transpiration by a, a wetland. I don't know. I'm thinking that wetlands, that leaf area is simply too small. And the best thing you can do for leaf area is a tropical forest, which has like five to seven meters of leaf per meter on the ground. That's just a phenomenal amount of leaf material. Yeah, the leaves are little tiny pumps, effectively. Yeah. 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 And so they're doing all this work. And it just, it's, it's a much more, you could say complex system, but there's just a lot more volume of things moving around yeah. a lot more material to hold and circulate moisture and i have yeah. to ask you one more question i just yeah. remembered so the thing i think that got the headlines in 2014 was um that you guys showed that critical deforestation which i think is something like 20 percent of the amazon for instance would cause drought in california and so on and so forth critical deforestation in the congo could cause drought in the midwest and that goes around the planet that way, that if we lose these pumps from the tiny leaf scale all the way up to the macro scale of these giant trees, that it, it can radically alter the, the climate and the, the, level, the amount of moisture that's circulating over the United States and the rest of the world. And this is why this study is so important, is that it seems to me to imply that if we regrow the Amazon back to say, you know, only 15% deforestation, if we were to take on that project, we could assume scientifically or logically anyway, based on the science, that California might see less drought and so on and so forth around the planet. Australia might see less drought. I want to make you know, sure I, that that's I hope that's true. I hope that that's a possible outcome. Um, I will just say that what we showed, what we did was we, we put points on the map on the entire globe of connecting deforestation in one place to an impact on rainfall in another. Um, the limitation of the, all of the work is that we don't do experiments in reality. We do experiments in the model world. So we do experiments with computerized simulations of the planet. So what I was showing was all of the modeled, the modeled outcomes of deforestation. So there's the one question where like, how good are the models? Well, we don't know, they're what we have. And in some cases, when you can look at that figure in my paper, there's four or five or six dots in the same place, meaning there are six studies and all of them show that when you deforest in the Amazon, you have some effect in the upper Midwest. So there's robust results that suggest strong teleconnections between tropical deforestation at large scales. Like we're talking, when you do a model run, you can take out a, the whole rainforest if you want. You know, you can take out 100%. You can take out 50%. 
Those are giant experiments meant to test what we think is going on in the atmosphere. So it's meant to give a big enough tweak to see something. So you can see it in a model. Whether we would see that in reality, it's hard to know. Whether we are seeing it in reality, again, hard to know. Um, the other thing is that sometimes they don't agree. So some people will say, well, that, that, that means it's not true. I say, no, that doesn't mean it's not true. That means we're not sure where the impacts will occur. All of the models suggest remote impacts. To me, that by itself, cut short, that is an effect that is important to communicate. Just because we can't say, and 95% of the time the effect is in California, that's, I mean, that's moot. It's gonna, it's gonna hit somewhere. If we could be 95% sure it was California, all the better. But the fact is these teleconnections occur. And when you disrupt that flow, it's gonna impact somebody somewhere. So for me, that's good enough. For some, they wanna say, um, Let's not talk about this until we know that it's always California or always the Midwest or always Southern France. Um, I say, well, fine, you know, do some more modeling. We're not gonna ever go out and deforest the Amazon just to try to prove a point. So do some more modeling, work with different types of models and let's keep adding it up. And it's what, five years later, it would be great to, to look again and see what the models say now. I bet they're still pointing to, to many of the same places. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, this question of fragmentation of forests and regrowing forests and all that just seems like the most urgent issue of our time, really, when you look at the sort of global environmental question on many, many levels. But let's come back to that. Thank you. Before I ask, anything. I just want to say how much I appreciate 